Money, a podcast network that understands the assignment. The Alive Podcast Network has launched the world's first content distribution app tailored by and for podcasters and listeners of color. Subscribers will enjoy a wide variety of shows ranging from spiritual to comedic to inspirational. Podcasters can house their content and merch in one spot and monetize from a central location. Visit AlivePodcastNetwork.com coming soon to iOS and Android. Sign up today to get a six-month subscription for $20. You can thank me later. All right. Yeah. High energy. That's what this is about because um, you don't know this, but I'm sending, I found uh, like the highest caffeinated tea out there and that's what I'll be sending. So that'll be kind of a little part of it. Eventually I want to, you know, where we're having a cup of tea, um, the business tea. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Business Tea with Bray. I'm your host, Bray, and today we have an interview with Mr. Phenomenal Power, Dion Coopwood. Hey, Dion, thanks for joining us today. Hey, I'm, hey, it's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to be here. And I'm glad I'm here with you, and I'm glad that I get to be in the presence of greatness. So how are you today? Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to have you because I know you got a lot of business tea to spill. You've been very successful in a few different areas. Um, Tell me a little bit about what you got going on. Well, I'll tell you this. um, Entrepreneurship is a journey. it's, it's, it's a fight, it's a battle, but what I can say is that it's always worth it. Um, you know, uh, uh, good things come to those who don't wait, but those who fight for what they want. And so for me, um, I got a whole lot going on in regards to um, just, you know, being a family man, being an entrepreneur, being a business owner, and um, it's, it's exciting and I love it. Uh, I want to change what I do for the world. And so just to kind of give everybody a little quick understanding of who I am and what I do, um, like Bree said, you can find me on Instagram at Mr. Phenomenal Power on Facebook, Dion Coopwood. And I am your business mentor, your motivational coach. And on top of that, um, I teach financial literacy in a credit industry. So I teach small business owners, and entrepreneurs and fle- freelancers and just regular ordinary people the understanding and the concept of personal credit, business credit, business funding, manufacturer spending, trade lines, the whole nine. So that way they can literally excel and scale their, their lifestyle. That all sounds like we really have to delve into that. Um, (laughs) There's a few things that I kind of have some background about. I know people typically have some questions, but then there's a few things you mentioned that I don't even know what you're talking about. And I definitely (laughs) want to find out more because it sounds interesting. But first, I want to know, like, what brought you to this space? How did you get started in the credit and business consultation space? Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, what I'll tell you is when I graduated from college, um, and I'm going to tell my age a little bit, but when I graduated from college in 08, um, my first job that I got was in 2009, because in 2008, as everybody know, like the economy was kind of how it is now. It was like the bubble had happened. The economy was crazy. You couldn't find a job. So it literally took me like almost a year or so to land a job. And so the first job that I had, I was working at um, Sprint. I worked there for seven years and I started as a sales representative. We talked about back then I was making like, I think $10 an hour or something crazy like that. Right. And I had literally worked my way up from like representative. I was number one representative, the number one assistant manager, number one store manager. And then I got up to the point where I was district managing uh, for Sprint for seven years and then I actually transitioned to T-Mobile. And so at that time, what I was becoming like coming into adulthood and, you know, having children and stuff like that. Um, I learned a lot that them jobs taught me. And what I lo- what I learned was like about winning, um, just the culture of being a business owner, just the uh, uh, little that it, it, that job actually taught me entrepreneurship. And so a job that I once loved and I thought that I was going to retire at taught me a lot of those business foundational principles um, that I was able to transition into entrepreneurship because I got to a point where I wanted to pivot. And at that point where I really wanted to pivot, uh, I had a I had an epiphany where I said, well, you know, 
if y'all paying me six figures a year and, and here I am just a kid, you know, in my mind, I'm like, I'm just a kid making six figures a year. I got more money than I could spend. Um, and I've been successful here. I'm like, I think that I could be successful as a business owner. And so um, six years ago, I decided to take a leap of faith and decided that I wasn't going to apply for no more jobs. Um, a job wasn't for me. I decided that I was just going to bet all of the chips on me. And so six years ago, I, I actually started my entrepreneurial journey and uh, it was it was financial services. It wasn't the financial like aspect of where I'm in now, but it was financial services where I was doing life insurance and financial planning for individuals. And so that's kind of where my journey started. And then it kind of got to the point where it evolved to where you see it today. So I've always had that background for years. It's been years, you know, having that finance uh, background, that financial literacy uh, foundation. And so I started there. Um, did a couple other things, had other successful businesses. We were talking about real estate. I started a solar renewable energy company. Who talks, who knows about that, right? So a lot of stuff. Uh, we talk about making hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars over the years. Um, but I, I landed and I'm, I'm stuck on credit and the financial literacy space in regards to credit and things of that nature because I've seen what it actually does for the community and I've seen how it helps people. And so for me, I'm very passionate about helping people and because I love helping people and credit, it's the foundation of everything. Just like you, Bri, it's kind of like no matter where you go and what you do, credit is going to be a determining factor on whether you can move forward or when you got to sit still. And so when I realized that and I really had that moment where I realized that this was the foundation of anything and everything, I said, I'm going to stick with this and I'm going to help people have that foundational understanding of how credit is, is, is literally helping you or holding you back from everything you want, need and got to have in life. That well, thank you for sharing all that. That is an amazing journey. And I do just want to touch on the fact that a few people that I have interviewed have also said that they pivoted from their career um, and kind of built up that skill set at their place of employment, um, yep. which is yep. a little bit counter to what some of these modern gurus are saying, like just burn your boat, quit your job, and yeah, nah, exactly. Nah, okay. Nah, nah. <laughs> I, I would I wouldn't suggest that to nobody. I mean, I don't get me wrong, bet on yourself hundred percent. Right. But I feel like and even right now, um, I think that it's easy, it's an easier transition for people to um transition from a job, you know, to entrepreneurship these days because we have so much more readily accessible information right. in regards to social media, the internet and stuff like that. Like when I was Coming out of college. 2008, 2009. And that's when I began my journey. Also, it wasn't like a choice. It was more like forced upon you. Like you could either become an entrepreneur for as far as I'm going, or, you know, you could work at McDonald's. Those are two (laughs) options because I had a bachelor's in psychology. And, you know, so you have PhDs with 30 years of experience going for these entry-level jobs. So that really wasn't an option for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you landed at uh, Sprint, you said, and you just took those skills that you've gained over your career and that knowledge and kind of turned it into a business, use that to lay the foundation for your skill set. Yeah. Um, but see, here, this is the problem though, Bree. Like, most people are trying to fit. They look, they look at people like me and you and they say, man, I see success. I want that. Right. But what they don't understand is that success and failure leaves clues. So when you look at somebody's history, you look at somebody's past, you can tell like that they've been winning for a very long time. Like, I didn't just start winning. Like I didn't just become an entrepreneur and I just started winning. No, you're looking at six years of entrepreneurship, but prior to that, I had eight years of leadership, management, development, and experience. And so I came as entrepreneurship with a successful track record to get like, and so the results that you said, it's not, I just, I didn't just, just jump out there and just quit my job. And I just, it just, everything happened and everything was peaches and cream. But what I will tell you is that I, I carried over principles of going to work on time. I carried over principles of liking to actually go to work. I carried over principles of being coachable at work. I carried over principles of wanting to excel and continue to get to that next level at work. And so that's what really got me into entrepreneurship because I realized that at a job, at a certain point, they stopped me from growing. Right. They, they, they had my income capped and they stopped me from growing. Now, don't get me wrong. I was only working four days a week. I really didn't have no real boss per se because I was really the boss. Like I didn't have nobody I was really checking in where I, you know, I was able to come and go as I please. And I was only working four days a week and I'm making six figures. So anybody will say, well, dude, you had it made. I did have it made. 
But what I didn't have was flexibility and real freedom. What I didn't have is unlimited income potential. What I didn't have is my day. My day is not my day. I, I could wake up at any given time. Whenever I decide to wake up, I could wake up. Whenever I decide if I want to make $5,000 today, not this month, today, if I want to make $10,000 today, all I got to do is put in the work. At a job, I couldn't, I couldn't have that. That wasn't a possibility. So, you know, you people look and they say, I want that, but are you really, are you really doing what you're supposed to do right now? What does your exit strategy look like at work? You know, what does your performance look like at work? If you go to work late and you disrespect with your job, you're going to disrespect yourself as a business owner and you're going to quit on yourself. Wow. You're going to quit. <laughs> you you got to change. If nothing changes, nothing changes. It's going to be the same thing. You're going to become an entrepreneur and you're going to be broke and you're going to quit on yourself. You got to you got to think different. You got to want different. You got to act different. You got to do something totally different to get some different results. If you're going to do the same thing and expecting different results, you know, they say that's insanity, right? That's insanity. And that's amazing because I think a lot of people think, well, this is my job. I'm not working for myself. If I work for myself, I would apply different. And that's not the case. You're saying nah. if you suck at your job, you're going to suck at your business. It's, Correct. It's directly correlated. Your success, you know, like you said, success leaves clues. That's it. Um, and if you're successful at one thing and you show the initiative at your job, then you'll carry that initiative over to yourself. But watch this. This, this is how it works. Watch this, Brie. Watch this. So me and you, we got, we got the same mentor, right? Nehemiah Davis, right? Yeah. Shout, out to, shout out to our mentor. He says this, and this is what people got to realize. How you, do, how you do anything is how you do everything. <laughs> it's, it's true. Like if, if the, way that, the way that you work your job, is the way you're going to run your business. Is the way you should run your business. It's, it's, it's simple stuff. People think that, you know, being a successful entrepreneur is some, you got to have some type of, you got to be some special guy, some special girl. It's not, it's not about that. It's about you making the decision to be successful. And the way you do anything is the way you got to do everything. So like, if you go, like, let me, let me give the people an example. Let's just say, if there's something that you know you like doing, let's say you love shopping. And you love getting on the internet or you love being at the stores. You love spending the money. Every time you get paid, you're going to go shopping. You go hard at it. You got to go. You got to love shopping the way you, you got to love entrepreneurship. You got to love your business and you got to love everything about entrepreneurship and your business, your baby. It, you got to love it just like you love shopping. If you go hard for shopping, if you go hard for your kids, if you go hard, whatever it is you're going hard for, you got to apply them same principles to business, entrepreneurship. That's all I do. I will, I will not be out work, Brie. I won't be. I won't be. Nobody, nobody can outwork me. I had that same mindset when I was working a job. I said, I'm going to come to work today. I'm going to dominate the day. I'm going, I'm going to sell the most. I'm going to be the nice to all of the, I'm going to be the nicest person. I'm going to get the best customer satisfaction. And I'm going to make sure that I make my boss job easy. And I always sit my boss home. When I went to work, I told my boss, you can leave now. That I'm, I'm, I'm being as transparent as I can be. Yeah. And so what I'm telling you is I took them same principles and I applied it to entrepreneurship. So my question to everybody is, what are you doing to really put yourself in position to become an entrepreneur? How are you approaching the day? It's not about the job. It's about appreciating the day. I appreciate the day. I I could go I go get a job right now. I'm still going to kill it there. I'm I'm just going I'm going to be me, you know what I mean? Like so yeah. you got to understand the way you do anything is the way you got to do everything. That's that's what success is about. That's yeah. an amazing principle. That, you know, I think that that's something people don't even realize and they think, oh, well, I'm just using my job as a stepping stone. So I really like that. You better be the employee of the month every month at your job and then you can transition to your business. And again, you need to be the employee of your month at your business to grow it until you're able to hire other employees and you want to hire people just like you that want to come to your job, say, hey, I'll take it from here. And that's when you enter into that two comma club. You have a fully running business. You're not a solopreneur. You don't own your job. You own a business. Absolutely. And and, and the thing about it is people got to realize this too. Um, you got to, you got to, you got to dig deep and you got to have a little bit more appreciation for every single day. Like me, I look at every single day, like it could potentially be my last. And so I'm super excited and energetic about the day, right? How do you start your morning? Uh, I just get up and go. Oh, you just get up and go. Okay. 
I just always want to know, like, how Listen, are people starting their day? You know what? Um, get up and I'm, go. I'm gonna be honest with you. I start my day um, about 30 minutes before I have to start working because what I love about the day is I just love to just get up and just go like straight at it, like, and and I and I'm okay with that because I, I realize that my energy matched my bank account. And so I'm okay just getting out the bed and being energetic and being full of life and being the life of the the, the party or the, the 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 room or whatever I have to be a part of. I'm okay because I realize that my energy matches my bank account. And a lot of people they wake up and they I don't know what I don't know what be wrong with y'all, but it just you got to wake up with a different type of sense of urgency, a different level of happiness. You know, I I live, I promise I I go hard and I'm super energetic for every single day because. I'm not sure when it's going to be my last. And so this is what people have to do. People have to position every single day and approach every single day like it could potentially be your last. And what kind of energy are you get? Like you just said it yourself. You said you got to work your business and go hard until you can replace yourself and hire other people. That's 100 percent correct. So I'm in the process of hiring. I got right now like four. Well, actually, I fired one, three virtual assistants. But the, the virtual systems that I attracted, they attracted to me because I was high energy. So guess what I attracted? I attracted people with high energy. It's people that, you know, they want to have it easy or they want to make $100,000 a year, $100,000 a month. But yet you're not willing to do what it takes. Your energy level is low. Your mentality isn't there. So guess what? Everything that you do is going to be a reflection of who you are. And anybody that you bring into your business is going to be a reflection of you as well. You attract who you are, Bree. Yeah. It's, Exactly. You attract who you are um, on all levels and you will continue um, to experience the same relationships, whether that be with a spouse or, you know, those type of relationships, your family members with friends. If you look at them, they're a series of the same relationship. It might be different people, but if you look at them, and that is who you're attracting. I love that. You attract what you are and what you're bringing. So if you're low energy, you know, so take a good look at your, you know, the five, your five closest friends, your five closest circle, um, people in your circle. And that's basically the culmination of what you are. Mm-hmm. And, so and that's it, why it's, I paid it's, to get in that room. Like, oh, well. They got a lot going on over there. So let me, let me, let me get on that status level. So I it's kind of like it's kind of like, you know, we both made the decision to 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 have Nehemiah as our mentor. You know, it's it's a concept, but he he preaches this too. Whatever you tune into, you turn into. And whatever entertains you, trains you. So it's kind of like my question to again to everybody would be, what are you tuning into? And what are you allowing to entertain you? Well, you guys are allowing this show to entertain (laughs) you. You're tuning in. So I know you're on the right path. You you're tuning in because you want those little gems. You want these, you know, how do I get to that level? And that's what I'm here for. I'm here to find out how to how to go from the five figures to the six figures. You know, once you get to one hundred thousand, how do you get up to that multi hundred thousand? Then how do you get to that two comma club? Like you just said, you wake up and you can control your day. You can control if you make five or ten thousand dollars in a day. Um, let's circle back around. I know people, they're like, all right, nice mindset, mindset, but how do we have those $10,000 days? Gotcha. Yeah. So for me, um, I really, I map it all out. Um, I'll map it all out and I I have some accountability for myself and then I have some accountability in regards to, um, the, the tribe that I'm surrounded with. Like we just talked about, you know, um, you know, your circle, you said, who is your circle? So for me, I've already done all of the hard work. I've already made all of the sacrifices. I've already, you know what I mean? Like sacrifice everything and eat from, from, from places to people. I'm talking about, there are certain things that I don't do. Like I don't drink anymore. I don't, I don't smoke. I've never smoked. And I, I used to drink, but I stopped drinking um, when I became an entrepreneur because I felt like this was going to be a part of my journey. I wanted to be able to stay focused. And I felt like that was a sacrificial that I, effort that I needed to make. Um, and, and then on top of that, I audited my friends. Uh, I decided that there are certain people that I was hanging around for years. I'm talking about 10, 15, 20, 30 year friendships that I decided that was no longer, I wasn't getting any type of growth from those conversations and relationships. And so I decided to sacrifice those relationships as well. So I, you know, people are asking, you know, like you just asked the question, what did it take to make six, you know, either $10,000 a month or six figure months? And I've done both. The, the, the answer to that is, it's really, it starts with, you know, you, you got to start. It's, it, it ain't just like, hey, 
I'm just going to pick this career. And I'm just going, I, I know a lot of people that do what I do and they can't make a thousand dollars in a month. And a lot of it is because they haven't, how do I put this? They haven't done the, the foundational work that needs to be done in order to position yourself to get those kind of results. They're still distracted is what I'm saying. Okay. And so for me, by making all of these sacrificial efforts, by auditing my circle, changing the things that I do and, you know, changing the way I look at things. So the way that I, the, the things that I'm looking at, they actually change. When I did all of that first, then it made it easy for me to sit down and say, okay, I want to make $10,000. I remember saying I wanted to make $10,000 back in like 2016. I remember, I remember saying that as, you know, my, when I first went into entrepreneurship and I literally, I wrote it down. Um, so this is, this is what I do. I write down whatever goals I want. I normally do three goals. I do a personal goal. So that may be something like, uh, let's just say, you know, go to the gym every day or wake up early at six o'clock and exercise or something like that. I do an income goal. So I'll say, boom, I want to make $10,000 a month or whatever, $20,000 a month. And then I'll do a business goal. So that business goal could be like, uh, like you said, I want to hire two virtual assistants before the end of the year, or I want to, uh, you know, help somebody within the company make six figures, whatever those goals are, I, I write those three down. And then I write down literally like three to five actionable items that I can hold myself accountable to, to measure, am I doing what I need to do on a daily basis to actually get towards my goal? Or am I not doing these things? And it's pushing me further away from my goal. Am I, am I staying focused on my being distracted? Right. So let's just say for my income goal of let's just say if I said I want to make $100,000 in a month, like this month, I said I wanted to make a quarter million dollars this month. You know, it's my birthday month and stuff like that. Right. So, yeah, thank you. So with that being said, it's like I had to write down what it is that I needed to do. So I started with I took the goal and I broke it down and I said, OK, cool. This is what I need to make a day. I broke it down. I said I need to, I need to take this big goal and I need to make it as small as possible so that I can make it a little bit more. Uh, palatable, a little bit more digestible, a little bit more achievable, right? So I broke it down and I said, okay, cool. I need to make $8,000 a day. And then I took the $8,000 a day and I said, okay, well, $8,000 a day, how many clients do I need to serve or how many clients do I need to secure on a daily basis in order to hit my goal? So I'm like, okay, I need to service one to two clients based upon what I charge per client in order to hit this goal. You see? So now I'm making it a little bit more achievable. Okay. So I now I got how many clients then? Do I need to make some phone calls? How many social media posts? Do I need to run some ads? What do I need to do to attract this one client a day to make my $8,000 a day? See, I'm breaking this thing all the way down. And so now I can actually measure, am I actually doing what, it, what needs to be done in order to hit my goal? And so what I do is I got a calendar. And on that calendar, I write out the goal for the day. And then I write out what needs to be done. And then if I if I put out five things need to be done in order to hit my goal, and if I don't do all five, then that means I lost the day. I got to put an L on that day. If I've done all five things to get my hit my goal, and either I may have hit my goal or I may have just landed a little bit short, at least I put forth the effort to hit my goal, Bree. So then I can put a W in that on that day for the calendar. So every single week, I'm trying to make sure that I win, if not all seven days, at least six out of seven days out of the week. Because this, because you gotta you gotta measure this thing out. And the coolest part about me being able to, you know, go after the goals and dreams that I have is a lot of that is me telling people about it. See, a lot of people are so, so afraid. They're so small minded. They first of all, they're not dreaming or thinking big enough. That's the main problem that we have. They don't think that it's possible. I know that anything I put my mind to, I can achieve it. So once I actually make a decision and I make a choice because the mind is the strongest thing that they could ever be made up. So once I make a choice that I'm going to do that. Then to help hold me accountable, not only do I make that list, but then I tell people, correct me if I'm wrong, Bree, did I not put in the group that I was going to do a quarter million dollars this month in the Facebook group? But I told everybody. You did. You did. I, I need somebody to, I, I need I need some accountability. So guess what? If I shoot for a quarter, if I only do two, I, I mean, at least I, at least I did it. I, I, I put it out there. If I only do 150, whatever it is, I know I put it out there. So now I got people looking and watching and saying, well, what is he doing? What is he doing? What is he doing? So that's holding me accountable. I know I was thinking that like, and that is, <laughs> that's what lets me know I made the right decision because yeah. I am surrounded by people that are not saying, you know, here's how you make six figures a year. Right. This is how you make six figures a month. And then I, there's a gentleman who said, I made $250,000 in a weekend. And to me, that's mind blowing. I yeah. like, it's my mind is my mindset is constantly being shipped by what the people in my circle are able to achieve. Because yeah. prior to that, I thought, oh, well, that's something 
for them. Like that's something they can achieve. I think right. some know who I mean by they, but that's possible for them. But when you're in a group of young black entrepreneurs, like we're we're all pretty still relatively young. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I see like, oh well, he did two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in in a weekend. Yeah. In a weekend. Yeah. And you're doing, you know, your goal is 200. Like those are huge goals, but not only are they huge goals, but you guys are achieving it. Or I'll say we're achieving these things. And you really just broke down how you get from like when we do the vision boards and we put, oh, I'm going to be a millionaire. And you're saying, no, it's not enough to say I want to be a millionaire. You got to put down what that looks like, break it down into days and then break that monetary daily goal into action steps. And I think that is the missing piece for a lot of us uh, is the action steps. Like, what am I doing to get there? Because, you know, when you watch The Secret, The Law of Attraction, you think it's, I'm a millionaire, I'm a millionaire, I'm a millionaire. And then you get up and look around like, Where's the money? My truck. <laughs> where's, where's that truck coming with my cash? Yeah. And you know what? A lot of it is this, though. Um, a lot of people are, they, they too busy researching and trying to figure out if, it, if, if they could do it and if, if, if it's really possible. And they trying to read books and they trying to internet, and they trying to Google and they trying to, you know, YouTube. And the problem is more people are, are, are addicted to education, but and, and they're allergic to execution. That's wow. the problem. They don't want to education and allergic to execution. Listen, I love that line. That's a bar. (laughs) We all say this. We all say commit first, figure the rest out later. I don't, I'm not trying to be educated. I'm not trying to be, I I, I, I promise. I'm not the smartest guy in the room. I'm not, I'm not, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm at the top and I'm at the pinnacle of executing. So if, if, if I'm in a room and a hundred people and they tell us what needs to be done, Instead of me sitting there trying to read the book for the first, tw- if it got to be done in an hour, and I'm not going to spend 30 minutes reading a book on how to put together the parts. I'm the guy that's going to probably have it halfway done before you start reading, before you get done reading, because I'm going to focus on executing and getting the job done rather than trying to cons- consider sitting there just educating and educate. And I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying, you know, don't educate yourself on what it is you're trying to do. What I'm saying is, is while you got a little bit of information, all you need is a little bit. All you need is a little bit just to kind of get a, a glimpse of an understanding. Don't try to say, I'm going to be the smartest person before I move forward in this industry and in this field and before I go into entrepreneurship and whatever it is that I'm looking to do before I start my journey. You don't have to be the smartest. You, you can hire the smartest people. Right. You, know? you just have to get that thing started. You have to be a little bit more focused on execution and say, all right, I'm going to start my business and put a date on it. When you're going to start your business, actually execute on it, actually do it. Rather than say, I'm going to start my business you know, next year. Right. And then next year, it'll be next year. But then I'm just still researching. I'm just still, I'm waiting to see what, what happened with this. And, and no, nah, just go ahead and do it. You, 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 you trying to be the smartest person, get started today. And then this is what you do. The stuff that you can't figure out, hire somebody to figure out, get your virtual assistant. Let, let them do that. Let them do that part. And you focus on just the executing, actually getting the company started and keeping the company afloat. That's, I mean, that's just really the, the most important thing, Bri, is you can't be addicted to education, uh, to education, and 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 be allergic to execution. That it just don't work that way. You got to get some stuff done if if you want some stuff to actually work out for you. Done is better than perfection, people. So just get it done. I love that. I definitely love that. That is, yeah. I see a lot of people with some great ideas. Wait, and I even get caught up in that. You know, well, I got to learn this, and I got to learn that. Like, no, just do it. So I'm gonna take that uh, advice. That he came here to give it to y'all. I'm taking the same <laughs> advice he's given to y'all because that is some some straight fire sauce, you know. And it's just that simple. I feel like it's just that simple, and it's also just that hard. Yeah. Just get started. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, you you just have to you have to get to a point to where you know enough is enough. I mean, if if you know that you're tired, if you know that you want to move forward. If you, if you know that um, a better life is waiting on you, then you just have to start and you have to go. And a lot of that, remember, is what I said. It's, it's about what you do in the beginning before you really get started. And it's about those sacrificial efforts that you make. Right. It's about you you deciding, you know, you writing down what it is you really want in your life. You write down that list. These are the things that I want. 
I want the house. I want the car. I want the I want the happiness. I want the time. I want the the money. I want everything, right? And then on this, you got to write out the other list too. This is the difficult side. It's the really difficult side because now I got to write out all of the things that I got to get rid of, what I need to sacrifice in order to help put me in position to get these things. You know, so a lot of people they they got this list, right. but they, they haven't made this list because they're afraid to let this list go. It's, I mean, that's really it. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, it's just, it's some conversations that you can't have anymore. It's some people that you can't hang around anymore. You know, it's 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 some things that you got to let go. You know, and so a lot of those vices are hard to let go, and I get it. But if, you know, uh, that's why they say there's no growth in comfort. You know, you you can't get to that other side constantly being comfortable. Com- comfort is going to hold you back. Procrastination is going to hold you back. Fear is going to hold you back. I, I don't have none of those. Bree don't have none of those. And when you look at an entrepreneur, entrepreneur don't have none of. Those. At some point in time, we did because we are human. But what we did was we consistently did what was uncomfortable to us, and what was uncomfortable then became uncomfortable. It came comfortable for us. Right. Exactly. We, 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 I say I'm probably the biggest chicken you'll ever meet. And what I had to learn is just do it anyway. Like, did you go on? You went ziplining? Did you go ziplining? Actually, I did not. But I've been oh, ziplining. Okay. I've been ziplining so many times. That's the reason why I didn't go weeds in Puerto Rico. Okay, because that was those were some of the highest. Like you're looking off at a cliff, and I've been ziplining before too. Oh, okay. That's crazy. So every single, there was about seven or eight <laughs> different, you know, you're looking off of a cliff and, you know, everyone in front of me, they're going, they're, they're doing podcasts from, <laughs> <laughs> I'm screaming my head off because I'm terrified every time and right. it got a little easier and it got a little easier. Yeah. Um, but I was still scared, but it wasn't, I didn't let that fear stop me from jumping off the cliff, even though I thought this is the time I'm going to die. I'm, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and that is what entrepreneurship is like. You're jumping off the cliff. Uh, you got a harness, but in the back of your mind, you're thinking it's going to snap for me. I'm going to go cr- crashing down into this forest. They're going to be searching for my body, but yeah. you make it to the other side and you're like, okay, that, that scared the shit out of me, but yeah. I'm on the other side. Yeah. And then you yeah. come up to another cliff and you're like, this is an even bigger cliff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like he meant to make that a metaphor, but for me, that was, I took that part away from that trip. Cause yeah. it's, it's just like, it's just like, um, with you starting this podcast, this wasn't, this wasn't, you know, what you've always done, you know? And so you had to say, you had, you made a choice, you made a decision, you say, no, I'm a, I'm gonna get this podcast started. And this may, and this may be, um, you know, when we first started, it'd be uncomfortable. So I don't know if you're comfortable yet, but guess what? You're doing a dang on good job at it. And it's just, yeah. it, it has to be done. Yeah, you, you can't, you know, when you have a I dream. Have a type A personality. So I, like, I would get stuck in the, well, I need the intro and I need the outro and I need, you know, and I went through a five day challenge and, you know, what was really powerful was David Shands of Social Proof, who put on an amazing five day challenge. He went through, he was like, we're going to look at my day one video. And he was just saying all the crazy stuff. Like I had to stop at minute 30. I had to stop my interview to get up and re and start re-recording because my camera would go up and he was and like there, there's an airplane in the background and there's yeah. this and there's that and it didn't yeah. even have a name. So I'm yeah. like, okay, all right, I'm gonna just start. That's yeah. what we're gonna do. We're just gonna start. <laughs> I got some t-shirts, I got my mug, yeah. and I just reached out to the circle, like, hey, yeah. can I interview any any of you guys in? Here we are today and I'm getting all that tea. I'm learning what's going on behind the scenes. How are these people getting these, you know, like you said, quarter of a million dollar month, quarter of a million dollar weekend. So I still got a couple more of you guys to go through. Um, but this has been, you know, an amazing experience. I'm getting as much out of it that I hope my audience is um, and seeing that this is possible for people to just start a business, to go hard for yourself. Like you said, it doesn't just come to you. Yeah. But these are possible things. These incomes are possible. Yeah. And, and, I, and I love that, um, you know, I love what you're doing because like you said, there's it, somebody that's watching this right now and they're trying to figure out, like they're on a fence. 
And, and, and it's interviews like this that get people off that fence. It's interviews just like this that helps a person say, you know what, I can do it. You know, it is possible for me. I, I, I am worth, you know, this different lifestyle. I can't make that kind of money that they make it. And so my hat goes off to you because, you know, this is you're pouring into the people because to have somebody like me and other people on the platform to kind of, you know, express and display, you know, our, our roadmap and where we've come from and, you know, being able to show the transparency of, you know, how we got started and what our life was like. Like you said, I just had to go and figure it out. Like, you know, a lot of what, what people fear is what I actually do. I do the opposite because I know that that's, is what, that's where success is. Like me, I grew up, you know, I don't, I don't have any daddy issues, but I grew up without a father. You know, my father was in jail all of my life. I met him about three or four times. So I didn't even really have that foundation to know my biological father like that and get raised like by him and have manly conversation about what to do or what not to do. I had to figure this stuff out pretty much like on my own, you know, with a mom raising, you know, four children. So it was just like, I didn't let that be an excuse for the reason why I'm, I'm not successful. I'm not here today, you know, or, you know, I grew up in, you know, where I grew up, there was a lot of gang activity. There was a lot of drugs and stuff. And so I didn't let that be a reason why I just stopped hanging with certain people that was into drugs. I'll just stop hanging with people that was, you know, into the gang activity because I didn't want to part it. I just decided to play basketball. You know, when I graduated college at a young age, I, I had a daughter. So while I'm graduating and the economy was trash. I had a brand new baby coming out and I, and I didn't have a job. I just had to figure this thing out. Man. You know, I was just hustling, trying to make money, cutting here and doing what I had to do. At the end of the day, you got to you got to make a decision. You got to make a choice. You know, we, Bree is not where she at because she just, you know, like, oh, well, I just had faith. No, it's the, the Bible say faith without works is dead. So she had to put in the work. So you got to be faithful. But at the same time, you got to work, too. So it's the same thing with me. And we're not allowing our 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 our, our environment and our situation and our circumstances to define who we are, you know, and where we came from or where we're looking to go. And because, you know, we got some very bright futures and it's all about us just making that choice and making that decision. So I'm just that's important to know also is that a lot of us came from those same disadvantaged backgrounds or, you know, everybody got a story. Yeah. You know, and there's some people who will let their foundation story or what I call your origin story uh, turn them into a supervillain. But we took that same negativity and we're being the superheroes of our story. Yeah. You know, yeah. You're not going to stop us because we saw. You know, that messy yeah. middle, all this, <laughs> all this stuff. Where are you from? Uh, I'm from Chicago. OK. All right. So. Yeah, <laughs> that's a really important message because there's a lot of people in Chicago right now, especially growing up. And it's I feel like it's so sad to see where they just feel like there's no option for them. Like yeah, this yeah. is what they're given and they have to turn to drugs. They have to turn to violence. But yeah. there is always another option yeah. out of it. You know, you you don't have to stay in that same environment. And, right. you know, it's about finding a mentor. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you're That's, not seeing the people, those success stories. Ask someone, you know, yeah. hey, how do you get here? So, um, that's a really powerful story, and I think it's one that a lot of people are going to relate to. And that is a story that holds a lot of people back. You know, well, my dad, you know, he was in jail, or you know, a lot of people who grew up in our time period, you know, their mother might have been on drugs or both parents were on drugs, raised by grandparents, dropped out of school. None of that is a pre as stopping you from success. Correct. Correct. That's why we started with mindset and you really went into that mindset and drove it in hard. And I'm really glad um, for that, for those lessons. So if you're wherever you are, if you think you don't deserve it or you can't make it to that, you know, quarter of a million dollar month, million dollar month. There are people making a million dollars in a day. Yes. And that's way better than drug money. Right. <laughs> These are people who are not looking over their shoulders. Yep. You know, yep. that lifestyle is attainable. Yeah. Um, so that was really, really good. So I want to get some of the the secrets to this credit, because I know that's the space you're in. Mm -hmm. um, so talk a little bit. I think there's a lot of information out there about personal credit, um, but I know you're very knowledgeable about business credit as well. And you mentioned manufactured spending and I've heard of it, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> got you. Got you. 
Yeah. So um, with business credit, um, I, I'll help with a misconception. And most people think like when I, when people come to me, they say, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just want to get my business credit together. I say, well, how's your personal credit? And the reason why I have to ask that is because what most people don't realize is unless you've been in business for a substantial amount of time, we talk about two years plus, and unless you're, you have a business bank account and that business has been generating revenue that goes through that business bank account first, and you can actually show proof of that with tax returns, uh, mm-hmm. most of these lenders, uh, 90% of these lenders are not going to give you a line of credit. You know, just okay. just the business as EIN number. You're circling us back around like, right. no, we are going to start at personal credit. All right. Yeah. So okay. we have to start with personal credit because with the personal credit as the business owner, you're going to have to guarantee or personally guarantee, which is everybody says PG, but that means to personally guarantee it just like as an individual, you know, creditor, it's like you would co-sign for the individual. So what you're doing is you're co-signing for your business to say, hey, listen, if the business doesn't necessarily go the way I'm planning it and I and the business can't afford to pay this money back or this line of credit back, then I'm personally guaranteeing I'm co-signing for my business as the business owner that. I'll be willing to carry the weight for my business and pay this, you know, loan back or line of credit back or what have you. So it's a concept of owning nothing but controlling everything. If people ever heard of that, right? So you have to get your personal credit in order in order to support your business. And so just to give people that foundation and that principle of what needs to be in place in order to support your business when you're going out the business credit and I'll tap on how to build business credit in one second is you got to have a 680 credit score. You can't have no late payments no derogatory remarks, credit utilization got to be underneath 10%, credit age got to be three years plus, and you got to have less than five increase. That in itself is going to set you up. Even on your personal side, you'll get approved for everything, any and everything wow. that you have approved, right? On, on, now, so now with the business credit, if you want to get approved for any and everything, your profile got to be that way. But with business credit, you got to build it because unlike personal credit, we start with a personal credit score. We could just add some lines and apply for some stuff and we start building with business credit, there's no establishment there because really there's no business. So once you establish the business the right way, I'm talking about articles of incorporation, EIN number, you know, you got your 800 number, you got your Dutty Bradstreet number. Once you got everything, all of the foundation is in order, that's really legitimizing you having to run in a legit business, then you can go on to start building business credit. So one of the very first things is once you got everything in order is you want to make sure that you have your Dutty Bradstreet number and your Dutty Bradstreet number can be obtained from dmb.com. Once you got your Dun & Bradstreet number, um, if it was Ottawa Santa, whether you had to apply for one, then you can start building your business credit, which is your Paydex score. Right. And so Dun & Bradstreet assigns you a credit score, which is considered your Paydex score. And that's what lenders use to determine your credit lending worthiness, along with you personally guaranteeing and having a good credit score. And so you have to build up that Dun & Bradstreet or that Paydex score. And the way that you can do that is with net 30 accounts, like a Uline, Quill, and Grange. You can get set up those accounts as a business. Call and place an order to tell them to bill you. Once they bill you, you pay the invoice after 30 days, it's going to start a reporting and you're going to start to see a credit score populate, right? A line of credit on your business side. Then you can also go and get um, business trade lines like um, Credit Strong for Business, Rare Spectrum, E-Creditable, um, you know, you you name it. It's a lot of different trade lines that you can get. You can pay a monthly subscription from something as low as $9 a month all the way up to like $60 a month. When you're going to pay for this company to report a line of credit on your business credit profile, and so then boom, now you got to pay that score. As long as you got to pay that score of an 80 plus and you got a solid credit profile, you can go and start applying for American Express business cards. Um, you can go and put a car in your business name. I mean, you name it, you, you have the ability to go and never really get truly denied. And so you just really kind of got to execute those steps. And once you've tapped into business credit, you really just kind of got into a whole nother realm because this is what people don't realize as well. And this is why business credit is so important. Um, business credit will allow you to float income. And what I mean by that is, is um, you can start a business without having to worry about using your own personal capital to get your business going. Or if you're already a business owner, you need to, you know, you're looking to grow and scale your company. Business credit and business, you know, business, like having those business lines of credit is the best thing that you know, utilize because you're literally able to take an influx of income and put it into your business, run the business, like get, get your get your profit back and pay the bank their money back. And so now you, you haven't spent $1, but then now you sit with all of this profit. Here's the coolest thing about business credit that personal credit can't do for you. On the personal credit side, Bree, the more you spend, the more of the high risk and liability you are right. and less money they're going to give you. 
as a business owner, the more money you spend, the more money that they want to give you and the, and the more companies actually want to do business because you're spending more money and you're handling those lines of credit efficiently and effectively and they're more willing and open to give you more money. And so it's just like a concept. If people don't pay attention, if you apply for, let's just say if I apply for Amex on my personal side, even with my amazing credit score, let's say my limit might be like, let's just say 20 grand, right? Boom. I get a $20,000 limit. But if I go apply as a business owner and I support my business, they may give me a $100,000 line of credit. And it's because as a business owner, you have a less, less of a likelihood to default on a loan than you would as an individual. Right. So they're going to give you more money. They're going to give you lines of credit and they'll continue to give you money. And so that's just, that's why business credit is so important. That's why I'm helping people with the foundation of it, the understanding of it. And so if anybody literally needs their personal credit, business credit, you know, if you need it built up or you need to get some, you know, business funding, that's, that's where I'm the go-to guy. That's amazing. So we are going to get to how people can contact you, but what you said opened me up to all these questions. <laughs> so you said the five, I think there was six, yep. six keys to personal credit. Yeah. So, and I know you go in depth in your book and your mentorship programs and stuff yeah. like that. So don't worry, we are going to get to that, you know, so that you could get all the, all the sauce. But while we're here, mm-hmm. um, is there a way like, so what if you're starting with a lot of inquiries? Is there a way that we could, you know, cause how are we fixing our personal credit? Um, and I think a lot, a lot of the information out there is like, keep your personal credit under 30% utilization. And you're saying, keep it under 10, yeah. uh, which is like, that's the stupid thing to me about personal credit. Why are you giving me this credit if I can't use it? Right, right, right. Um, so keep it under 10, but these inquiries, um, that's difficult because they stay on your report for like two years and you're waiting for them to fall off. So once you have the good credit and you go through and you apply for stuff, then it's like it's hurting you because you apply for the credit. And it's it's just all crazy and backwards in my mind, but it's a necessary evil. So you're saying that personal credit is the foundation to get to business credit and business credit is the foundation to leverage and scale. So we got to go through all these steps. Yes. Might as well just bite the bullet and learn <laughs> from you so we're not, you know, doing yeah. a whole bunch of stuff that that you know is wasting time and money. So Correct. Yep. So in regards to personal credit, um this is what I'm saying. I don't want nobody to take what I'm saying wrong. Um the first thing first is once you get to, I broke down to five different metrics, but in a six piece was your actual score. So if we talk about score, you got to have a 680 plus because that puts you into the category of good credit. So we want our category. Go ahead. Okay. Can I stop you? Yeah. Okay. So where do you go to find out? Because I know a lot of us have like credit karma, credit sesame, our credit cards will say, oh, here's your score. But then when you pull it from the different sites, <laughs> it's all different. So yeah. Where is one good definitive place that we could pull our score to kind of check in and see like, okay, this is what the lenders are seeing. This isn't yeah. credit karma's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> guesstimate. This is what I will say. Um, I always have all my clients, I pull a smart credit. You go to smartcredit.com. Smartcredit.com. You go to my website, precisecredit.net. At the top, it'll say, get your credit report. You click there and get, a, get your credit report, but okay. you always got to pay for it. Right. So if you've got a free service, the free service is not going to give you the legit information that's on your credit. So it's like the dollar trial or even those aren't. You no, I, I mean, you, you could get a dollar trial. A dollar trial will. Those are accurate. Yeah, those are because the dollar trial is to really get you on that subscription. Right. right I know. I know. But, I, you know, yeah. I want I always yeah. try and find a low cost hack. All right. So so so. Uh, uh, you gotta a find out where you are. So if you pull yeah. that free dollar or the dollar trial and yeah. cancel, because they will yeah. bill you, and you download that report, at least you have a good starting place. You see your number and you see what's on your report. All right. Yeah, and you're you saying know, uh, smartcredit.com. Go to precise. Well, see, the thing is this that's gonna cost you $29.95. If you want to go to cheapest, most efficient route, you go to free annualcreditreport.com. And you get one of those a year. And I think right now, because of like what's going on with global events, I think that they're doing like two a year, like one every six months or something like that. If I'm Will not mistaken. they give you your score or just what's on your report? They're going to give you everything. They're going to give you the scores. Okay. And the report. Yep. So you'll get okay. all of that. 
And um, so that's what that's what I recommend to get a free report. Uh, now, the thing about that is if you're going to use that to, let's just say, clean up your profile, yeah. uh, the way that it works is if you get a report from there, the credit bureaus have 45 days to respond to any mm -hmm. um, any correspondence. So I, I always go the other route. So that way, you know, my clients can get, you know, responses within 30 days, but um, they can go there to get the, the scores. Now, what I will say is anytime that you go like apply for a car, you try to get a house or whatever. Those scores are always going to be different because lenders are pulling, they have specific FICO scores that they're pulling. And so they have the FICO scores is like an algorithm of how they determine your credit worthy lend, uh, uh, lendingness. And then also to like, uh, and that's you what's know, so tricky about this whole process is I'm seeing one score and then you go to get a loan and they're like, no, that's not the score. This is the score. And it's yeah. like, yeah. So they use a FICO score model. So you will have to know which FICO score model that the banks are actually utilizing to determine whether you're going to be a good person to partner up with and, and establish a relationship with or not. And so, you know, most of the time those FICO scores is heavily weighted on payment history and uh, credit card utilization, just like your regular credit score profile is. And so if those things aren't under wraps, then you're going to have a much lower score than what you're actually actually seeing because they're going off of different weighted metrics and algorithms, just like with your credit score is weighted. It's weighted based upon, um, you know, what's the most important to lenders and payment history is the first. That's 35 percent of your score. Wow. Credit card utilization is 30. Uh, credit age is 15. Inquiries is 10. Credit age is 10. So you got to kind of keep these things in mind and you got to kind of keep them under wraps. Now, what I'll tell people is that, again, when it comes to credit utilization, I'm not saying uh, don't spend the money that you have. What I'm saying is before it actually reports, keep that utilization underneath 10 if you want to hit that super sweet spot. You know, if you want to get your score to them 700, if you want to keep, you know, like a good profile to lenders, you got to keep your utilization low. You can you can have a 750 and have 80 percent credit card utilization. You're going to still get declined. You can have a 750 wow. credit score. You can have 29 increase and you're, you're going to get declined. A credit score does not mean anything. I tell all my clients, listen, don't come here to fall in love with a credit score and tell me that you want me to get you to a 700. My goal is to get your profile to the way that it needs to look. So that way we can actually hit the real goal, which is approvals. Okay. <laughs> that is also counterintuitive because we always think the approval is based on a number, but it's based nah. on the overall. And yeah. that's why you said those different things. The score yeah. was just one part of yeah. what you mentioned. Yeah. Utilization was another part. I think you said the credit age. I do know a little credit age hack. Yeah, I know you know a little credit age hack. <laughs> uh, you tell me yours, and it's probably the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, I mean, to be, to be honest, the one thing about the biggest opportunity that everybody has is credit age because you can't, you can't, you can't just get age. Like age comes when you open the account, right? And so that's the biggest opportunity to everybody. And most people don't uh, handle credit until they get older when they decide that they really want to get their dream car. They want to start purchasing a house, which is now they close. They pushing thirty, right? So now you got somebody's credit age is probably like a year or two years old. So the only way to be able to make up age on your credit report and to hack with that is trade lines. That's the only way for you to be able to really put back the years on your credit profile. So you can go and get a uh, trade line 10 years, 15 years old. You know, you pay thousand dollars or whatever it's going to cost. But then now you just you just beefed up your credit profile. And so a trade line affects four out of five of your metrics. It's going to give you it's going to give you payment history. It's going to lower your utilization. It's going to give you credit agents going to add to your account mix. And so, so now you can find your trade lines because um, there's a lot of websites out there and there's yeah. a lot of offers and stuff. So where yeah. are you? Uh, where do you? Uh, it's, it's a lot of different places. Um, you can go to uh, credit credit one one dot com. You can go to um, trying to think. Um, let me ask, are there any sites that you know are scamming? Don't go there. Uh, I don't. Okay. Never, All right. All right. I, 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 not, I just, you know, <laughs> if there's a scam out there, I want to pr protect people. But all right. Yeah. So here's my hack. Here's what I used right before I was going to buy a house. I asked all my family members with good credit, you know, like grandma, mom, to add me as an authorized user to their longest credit cards and the ones with the highest, um, you know, approved amount. Yeah. And that went on to my credit report. And it looks like those are my credit cards. And it like it did that whole hack. And if you have good family members, 
um, they'll they'll just do it for free. And you just say, you don't have to give me a card because in their mind, they're thinking, this girl's trying to scam me. But so they added me and it just like almost overnight, I guess it was like a month, but it just shot up because now my credit length is hot, hot is longer and my credit limits are higher. And so that worked. The well, I'm, I'm going to break, break that down for you. So what you just described is a trade line. Oh, okay. All right. So you're calling it trade line. I call it the uh, credit or the authorization uh, yeah. authorized user. So, so a trade line is AU, just like what you just said. Oh, so okay. you. All right. You just want to make sure when you're doing that, that they're not going to go like put a car on their credit card because then it's going to tank you and right. you can't get it off your credit report. There you go. On. There you so go. Have that you, conversation. It, there you, you know, go. A little free thing, you know. And see, and see, the reason why I don't push people to go to their family because you don't know what you're getting yourself into. They could have, you know, the utilization could be rough, or they could have some missed payments a year or two ago, and that's it's all going to reflect on you now. Right. So make sure you have that conversation. Like I know, I went to my mom and my grandmother, and they're like real, like. Yeah, yeah scared about their credit you know a lot of old school people will get credit cards and they won't use them they're not like you know oh i bought my louis bag on my credit card you don't want that family number no yeah yeah no yeah yeah you don't want that and this is this is why uh, lenders look at all of this stuff because you got to think um with payment history that says how how likely is this person to pay us back so that's got to be at 100 percent you know, you got to think like the bank. If a person came to me, asked for some money, but then they got missed payments on their mortgage or credit cards, they're right. probably not going to pay me back. So I'm, I don't want to do business with them, right? It's, okay. a, it's the same thing with um, if you look at utilization. If somebody, let's just say, uh, you know, Bree, you know that a friend has given another friend a thousand dollar limit to borrow money from them, and they've maxed out that all that money, and now they come to you and say, "Hey, listen, can I get a couple of thousand from you?" You're gonna be like. I, but listen, no, I can't do it. And so it's the same thing with the banks. They're basically looking at, well, dang, three other banks gave you some money and you max it out and you ain't paid them back yet. And so they're looking at that and they, because they equate, also what they equate, and this is why I helped you, they equate credit card utilization with income. And so that's debt to income ratio. Right. Oh, okay. Make this money. Then also too, you say, I oh, shoot, she got a lot of money. Then she got a lot of available credit. So let's just say she lost her job. She got $100,000 in available credit that she can still pay her bills. So now you they looking at that like it's income. But if you if you if you say you make a hundred thousand, but then you want to get this hundred thousand dollar car and the note is gonna be a thousand dollars a month, but you maxed out all your credit cards, they're like, mm, this probably is not a good, that's not a good relationship to get into, right? And it's just the same thing with we looking at credit age. You say, well, she just started using credit, her credit age is only a year old. Like she Although probably it's really- a weird number because I've been taking out credit cards since I was 18. Right, me too. Had a good- 20 years right my credit age is still at like 3.8 years and this this is why this is why (laughs) this is this is why this is the reason why you have to take every single account that you ever that you ever have right now that's open and you have to add up the 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 years that they the the time that has been open and divide about how many accounts it is right that's what i didn't realize when I was younger, when I was paying them off, I would close them. And I found out this years later, don't ever that was, close them. That was bad. That's bad. Cause that, cause that's your credit age, right? Yeah, also too, think about this. So that's your credit age and think about, so for me, I don't, I don't go around just opening up new accounts right now, because I know that if I open up a new account, it's going to take my credit age. That's 15% of my score. I'm not doing it. Nope. If, if I do it, then I got to add a trade line to get that time back. Okay. So you have to balance it. Got to balance it. Okay. That's a good hack because I think credit is really not understood. And even some things I only find out afterwards, like, wait, yeah. but I paid all these balances off. How my credit go down? And someone said, did you close your accounts? And I say, yeah, because I didn't want to like, I didn't want to <laughs> spend it back up. And they're like, no, you shouldn't have closed your accounts. And I'm like, yeah. Where's the book for this? There was no book back then. Luckily, right. wrote the book um, right. to help us out. So we don't do things that in our mind we think, oh, this is the right way. But that's just what we're assuming. And credit is like so counterintuitive yeah. in yeah. some aspects. You're like, this doesn't make no sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you know the hacks, then you can move in line with how they're how they move and not yep. how you think. And that's, and, 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 and that's a cool hack that I just gave. Just like with 
um, account mix, account mix, they look and they say, well, how many, what, what type of accounts? Did she got a installment account, revolving account, you know, balances every month? Is she able to keep up with this? They looking at that. Then the last one is inquiries. They inquiries basically says, I'm going to apply for a line of credit. And so the more lines of credit, it's kind of like, again, if if it's Bri and Nat are friends, so it's 10 friends, and I'm the friend that come and I'm asking everybody for money, they're gonna all be like, Dang, you borrow money from everybody. How many times are you gonna ask? So then when you got inquiries, the banks is looking at you like you're desperate for money. So if you got all of these different inquiries, you're looking like you're desperate for money. So you gotta you gotta keep your inquiries low. You can't just apply and apply. You just think that people are gonna just keep approving you. No, they're gonna see every time you apply and they're gonna say, something something ain't right this person is desperate sometimes it's not fair because i know when i was going i agree my mortgage they ran my credit like four or five times they run it like every other month like yeah it's still the same place why don't you run it in the first place to approve me and then run it right before but you're contributing to me looking crazy yeah yeah i didn't like that i don't appreciate this is what i'll say and and you and, and i'll and you'll like anybody who takes the national a credit association exam when you get into this credit industry. And I took that. Oh, is there an exam? There's an exam. So I took that. I'm a hundred percent certified. What you'll learn on that exam is that when your credit is poor that first time with, within the same category, within a 30 day time frame, it doesn't affect. So yes, if you're going to have do it in 30 days. They'll do- this has been an alive podcast production.